Hey guys, what's going on? This is Bruce from the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. Welcome back to the show. I'm excited for my guest today. His name is Luke and he is from Providence Pizza Company. We're going to talk about expansion. We're going to talk about what it's like to open up in a food hall. And we're also going to discuss how to manage people when your restaurant is pretty far from where you operate already. Maybe your second location is a little bit further from your first, and how do you manage it from afar? That's what we discuss on this podcast episode today. I'm excited to get started with it. Uh, Before we get into today's episode, I have to say thanks to today's show sponsor, which is us, Smart Pizza Marketing and Smart Pizza Marketing Mastermind. If you're looking to grow your business, go check out our mastermind group. Also, Uh, Check out our mastermind group over at smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind, monthly calls, private Facebook group, learn what's happening in the marketing world, learn what's actually working and what is something that you can do in your business, how to run Facebook ads, how to grow your Instagram account, setting up your Google business listing, talk to other people who have actually been on the show. A lot of people who have been on the podcast are joining inside of our mastermind group. So you get to hash it out over there. It's a great group of entrepreneurs who are looking to grow businesses And you can check it out over at smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind. And also check out our new podcast, The Local Business Podcast. It's going to be a great show. I'm going to bring on specific guests for topics like YouTube or Facebook advertising or Instagram. And we're going to solely play them over on that new podcast. What I'm also going to do is bring in other entrepreneurs in different genres, donut shop owners, salon owners, real estate agents, and really figure out what these other local businesses that aren't in the pizza-specific genre are doing to grow their businesses because I really believe that owning a local business and getting the word out there and getting attention for your brand and growing your team, all of that is the same across local businesses. It's not exactly the same, but it's very similar. And I want to keep the show pizza-specific, but I also want to talk to other people and other businesses so we can pull that information out of them and then you guys can use it here as well so go check out that just search local business podcast on whatever platform you listen to your podcast on and you can also go find all of the show notes over at thebruceirving.com that's where we're going to be placing the show notes kind of like we do on this podcast so go check that out very similar to this podcast except not pizza related all right let's get into today's episode with luke from providence pizza company All right, hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. My guest today is Luke from Providence Pizza. We're gonna talk pizza, a little marketing, all that stuff that goes along with running and operating a pizzeria in a business. Luke, first of all, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. You're welcome, good to be here. Luke, I always ask people and they join me on the podcast after saying thank you for joining me on the podcast, obviously, how they got started in the pizza business. So let's hear your story. Where did it all start for you? You probably hear this all the time, but I I needed a job when I was uh, in high school. I was a teenager and uh, living in Rhode Island. That's where I'm from. Uh, Kind of a a little uh, town out in the woods called Situate, Rhode Island. And there was a place opened by some Greeks called Famous Pizza. It's actually still going. Is it really? Um, Yeah. Is it famous now or is it not as famous as it was? Uh, You know, I think it's as famous. It it hit its peak, you know, just kind of maintaining now. It's probably been 50 years since they've opened. Wow. That's amazing. Um, Yeah. But they were always busy. You know, I was in high school and you'd you'd get pizza from famous on a Friday. And uh, I got a job there and uh, started learning the ropes. Um, So, you know, I didn't understand kind of it being Greek pizza. uh, But, you know, I, I learned a lot from from some guys who just kind of had been doing it for a long time and uh, 
learn. I think I just learned more than I realized at the time. Uh, I think I worked there for five or six years. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, through high school. And then I went out to Northeastern to college, um, actually wound up transferring back my sophomore year uh, to a school in Rhode Island and just started working hours again while I was uh, working through a, a college degree. And um, so that was about the extent of my experience. Um, and that's kind of how I, I, I learned what I learned. It would be another 10 years uh, it, before I um, decided to start my own thing. Were you, so did you go to college? Is that why you were there or not why you were there, but like, did you go to college while yeah. you were making pizzas there? Yeah. So that was, you know, I never had this, uh, this great dream or, or ambition to start a pizzeria. Um, you know, after, you know, I just, it was a cool job and I, I really did like it. Um, but I, I would never have imagined there was a future for me in it. Um, I was thinking I was gonna, uh, end up, you know, I, I did my undergrad and, and considered uh, different graduate programs like law school and some other things. Um, so it's all kind of ironic where I wound up. Well, how did you get to where you are now? Yeah, so um, I think I was I was pursuing um, um, entrance into law school. So I had finished up college. I was in, in my mid-20s at that point. Um, my brother had relocated out to Kansas City started a family and uh i was just looking for a change so i uh moved out to kc um man this probably was 2009-10 um i'd been here for about a year and uh you know i just got into a conversation with some friends about the the pizza situation uh in kansas city specifically um and I, you know, I, I be, was heard myself talking, you know, sometimes you, you, you're listening to yourself in a conversation and I'm like, I'm, I'm a, I'm an opinionated guy <laughs> when it comes to pizza. Um, and, and somebody in the conversation was like, well, just open up a place if you have, you know, if, if you know what it's supposed to taste like kind of thing. Yep. And it's kind of funny that comment is kind of became a, a conversation, uh, with my brother, maybe a day or two later. Really? Um, the rest is history and he and I opened up the place um, probably about a year later. Uh, a lot of things kind of fell into place for it to happen. And and now we've been going for six years. That's crazy. So where were your, where were some of your favorite places? So you grew up in the New England area. Where were some of your go-to spots in the New England area? Yeah. I mean, my experience was strictly uh, Rhode Island um, for most of my life. Um, and, you know, I just, I always enjoyed, um, you know, uh places in providence rhode island specifically there's a place called caserta's yep. um which they're very well known at this point um but growing up it was a treat my dad's an italian um from the federal hill area and so you know if maybe every few months he, he'd, he'd take us out for caserta's it was the biggest deal uh there was there and then as i got a little bit older there were some cool slice shops opening up um and I just kind of like, and then there was a, another place called Cecilia's, which was like Chicago deep dish. I like going there sometimes, Oh wow! Um, but I just remember, yeah, mostly the experience for me was just kind of, um, at least good, decent quality pizza and, uh, a lot of variety. Um, I think that was my takeaway. Uh, my mom's from New York. Um, and so we would make trips into the New York, New Jersey area, uh, yearly. And so as I started to kind of become more curious, I, I kept just trying places and, and getting inspired. That's great. So when, so when did you open your first pizzeria that was yours? Yeah. 
Yeah. So what we did was uh, my brother actually had almost next to no restaurant experience or pizza experience, but he was a, uh, he was a builder uh, doing uh, carpentry. Uh, and um, so I presented to him the idea and uh, he actually had, he knew about some, uh, an old Long John Silver's building, which he had done a little work around um, that had been vacated for maybe 15 years. Um, and it was a perfect location. And so, um, so he committed to do the, the whole build out. And, uh, and uh, I, I kind of took on the concept. Um, and so we worked together. And so that was in 2013 or 14. He came up with the name Providence Pizza. And um, yeah, that's kind of how it started. Um, it was really, a, you know, it, Kansas City, um, at least at that point, um, it's gotten better. You know, you, you're just seeing, uh, you're just seeing places pop up constantly. And you see the, I think the water levels were rising in terms of quality anywhere you go nowadays. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we seem to be just kind of just right, you know, right at the perfect timing, it seemed like. I was just actually talking to somebody before I got on this call with you from Florida. And I don't think there's any state in the country that has a bet, a worse reputation when it comes to pizza than Florida. <laughs> and even there, it's like he was just saying, like, you know what? It's starting to turn around. There are a lot of good pizzerias popping up. Um, but depending on it's not New York, it's not L.A. In, you know, I think the Internet has helped educate people as to there are good pizzas out there and like what is a good pizza and you can see a variety of pizzas no matter where you live and people will travel to places that have good pizza now versus 10 or 15 years ago yeah but it's an interesting thing to hear um and i try not to be overly critical and i i never want to that's fine you're on a pizza podcast let's try to be critical i never want to insult anybody but the standard it's so interesting here i mean what what's considered you know you ask people around what's your favorite place you go try it and and it's incredible how bad it is Um, (laughs) i think it is subjective right i think a lot of people have what memory they had as a child as their good pizza and i was just talking to somebody else and it's like when i was a kid a twinkie was good now i eat a twinkie and i'm like that's trash how did i ever think that was good (laughs) exactly so that's the same with pizza right like people have the the memory of that pizza being good and you go there and you're like this isn't really good pizza but the cool thing that happens too, and, and this is what we've been seeing for the last, you know, since we've, since we've started. Um, and there's a, there's an education process, I yeah. think with people. And, and you see a lot of people saying, this is the best pizza I've ever had in my life. And, and I, I I'm honest, you know, about where we're at and where, where I want to be and the quality, you know, by my standards, um, I'm almost, when somebody says that I don't believe them, I'm like, you haven't had a lot of pizza in your life, have you? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but honestly, and so it's not, I think people try something that's, that's much better than anything they've ever had. And, and then they're like, wow, there's something way better out there. And uh, that's been one thing that's just been so uh, motivating for me to just continue with uh, just getting our quality better, just perfecting what we're doing and making it better and better. Cause you do see a lot of people um, realize what they've been eating has not been very good. Yeah. Is your style of pizza like a New York style of pizza? Yeah, you know, we do we do primarily a New York style. We've had a, a couple strange twists and turns over the last couple of years. Um, we started just doing slices out of the place we opened. Um, and, and then we wound up br- bringing in a, a wood-burning oven as well. Um, so 
at that point, when we first started going, we had um, our wood-fired pizzas at night, and we were doing slices and New York-style pizzas, primarily during lunch, but all day. Yep. And uh, we do a couple Sicilian styles too. We just mix them in with our uh, slice selection. What happened was, um, 2018, we got connected with uh, uh, a food hall that's been expanding called Parlor, and uh, we've opened up two more locations with them in the last uh, year and a half. Um, well, I decided I wanted to give the Detroit style a go with the food hall just to do something different. Um, and that's become so popular uh, at our two food hall locations. So it's, and we're not even doing that style at our, uh, our brick and mortar where we got started. Interesting. So you've what's, so what's the food hall? Is it like a, a place where there's multiple restaurants in one location? Yeah. So this has kind of been, um, it kind of, it came out of no left field for us because we were doing our thing and um, there's a food hall called parlor. Um, those guys started in Denver, um, not under the name parlor. I think they had another one going, uh, was very successful. Uh, they do set seven kitchens is kind of standard uh, with a two, usually two stories. They'll take a big old building and they'll just redo it. Uh, big bars, um, you know, whatever they, they really, they really deck it out. Um, and so they opened one in Kansas city. Um, they were looking for, you know, seven local concepts, one will, you know, wherever they go, one will be a pizza. And so they started, you know, they, they got on the ground, started asking around and they kept hearing about us. Um, and so that's how we got tied in with them. And then six months later, they said, we're going to Oklahoma city next. Do you want to come? Oh, wow. So, we just just got that going in September. So How far is that from where you are? Five hours. Oh wow, so that's pretty far. Yeah, five hour drive. You know, um, pretty far. So the only it's not really my. It goes against my nature a little bit to want to even expand, or you know, I feel I take risks, but it's a uh, it's a little nerve wracking for me. But I think just because of the size of the kitchen, and um, just how manageable it seems. Um, I said, yes. Why is it against your nature to want to expand? Do you just not, you just want to have your one location and you're comfortable with that? No, not that at all. It's more just the, I, I think what I, I've noticed with a lot of, um, it seems like I have this idea that when, when a restaurant starts expanding, quality just starts to tank. Um, I've seen that, I think more than I've seen it go the other way. Um, and so for me, it was just, I'm wanting to, I, I wanted to feel like I, I understood kind of what it would take to uh, maintain good quality um, and just good service and everything that, you know, my brother and I are able to monitor um, where, where we've been. And, and so this is a, you're talking to me uh, almost two years later and I've learned so much, you know, about building teams, um, finding the right people, uh, putting systems in place. And so it's really, it's working, you know, it's, it's actually happening. That's great. So what, so let's, I want to talk about two things that you just mentioned. First, I want to talk about like, where did you learn how to make pizza? Cause I remember you said you grew up in the, or you not grew up, but you worked when you were younger, but it was a Greek pizzeria. So that's much different than what you're doing now. Where did you learn how to make what you're doing now? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I honestly, Greek, you know, the Greek pizzas, it's, I don't know if this is across the board, but whatever it was there, you know, it's like a inch deep pan, you yeah. know, so 
technically it's like kind of like a, a thin crust, but it's all done in, in pans, a lot of oil. And um, so I, some of the fundamentals I learned um, there were just, I, I still take with me to this day. Um, as far as just kind of perfecting my craft, you know, I, I actually, I'm out here and I'm real, real, uh, right near the uh, Kansas state line. And uh, you know, there's, a lot of uh, bakers out here and I wound up getting connected with a baker, um, a guy who probably around the same time we opened Providence opened up a, a bakery in uh, Lawrence, Kansas. that's doing great right now. Um, and we just started learning a lot about um, just uh, dough and, uh, yeah. and there was so much to it that I, I was completely ignorant of. Um, so I just started reading, learning. I read tons of books, um, just trying to learn just kind of, the principles of, of bread making, um, you know, and then I hit the Pete's Expo in 2013 or whatever year that was. And uh, just was taking as much information as I could. I mean, I, I was like, I felt like I was back in school. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and, and then from there it was just, but some of just the basic things I learned uh, uh, at that, at that pizza shop from when I was a teenager just in terms of quality ingredients, like everything they were, they were doing there and, and are doing. Um, it, it was so much just based on quality, um, making things from scratch that it's surprising, but that idea is almost foreign to, to some people, you know, in the industry, at least out here, you know, you know, is your dough frozen or, or, Oh, you make it from scratch, you know, like that's a big deal. And to me, that was normal. Yeah, it's true. You know, I think baking, like a lot of the best pizza makers in the world have either have a baking background or have studied baking before they got into the pizza business. Yeah. So it was helpful for me to kind of start deconstructing, you know, the one dough recipe I had. Um, cause I, I knew that it wouldn't work what I wanted to do. Um, what I did too, was I just, I started taking these pizza trips, you know, yeah. where I would just hit up a city. I, I'd try the best pizza, uh, in the city. And I just kept, you know, raising the bar higher and, and, uh, you know, so every time I do a trip like that, I'm like, oh man, I'd feel pretty hopeless for a while. You know, like this is not possible. There's no way this is a hundred times better than anything I can do. Um, but I think that's been one of the secrets I think of just, um, continually reaching, feeling like you've never arrived. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think that's with anything, right? Like yeah. no matter what you're doing, um, hanging around people who are, where you want to be or doing it better than you're doing it is good for you. It's not bad for you. I think the so opposite I, is worse. Like if you went and every pizza was shitty, you'd be like, man, my pizza is great. Yeah. I don't have to do anything. I'm, I'm fine. I'm perfect. So it's a weird, it's a weird thing of, you know, this kind of like you're evolving, you know, and, and, and growing and changing, but you also want to, you want to be who you are and have an identity and be consistent. You don't want to be confusing you know, yeah. your, your, your customer base. So anyway, was there any places that you look to, to create a pizza similar to theirs? Like, was there anyone that gave you inspiration? Not that they're the same, but like, which ones gave you inspiration that you thought were great? Yeah. So funny thing was when we opened Providence, I really couldn't decide on the style. Cause I was just, really? I, I do love all the what were the, styles. what were your considerations? Like what styles were you thinking about using? Well, at that time, um, I was, I was really into, um, neapolitan for okay. a little while i mean i was just like this is incredible um and i i, I did 
make it we made a stop in new york city on our way down to jersey um and i think i tried like three places in one shot you know i went to a motorino um went to roberta's and and over the years i've continued trying new places but i'm like this is really good and uh i was fascinating with just the 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 technique and the cooking um so we brought in the wood the wood burning oven and then and then so i just kind of kept um working on that and then um I was really uh, wanting to do pizza by the slice because I felt like the location we had and the amount of traffic, um, it was just gonna it was gonna kill it there. So we, um, I just wanted to learn kind of the New York style as well. So um, you know, once I started to break down being a you know some there's some constants and then there's some differences. You know, it's, yeah. you got to find the flower. But a lot of the processes, unless you want every process to be entirely different. You can you can have your processes basically the same and and cha- make some basic ingredient changes and and come out with some very different results. I mean, and and that makes it easier if you do have multiple locations, right? Versus having all these different recipes and different techniques and ways to do it. Yeah. And that's the other thing I want to talk to you about. So you have expanded to that place that's five hours away. How has that transition? How did that work for you? And how has that been going? Cause that's completely like owning and managing a place that's five hours away is probably challenging. Yeah. So, you know, the good news is we had a year of having uh, a spot that was 15 minutes away. So uh, that was great because, you know, as one person put it, we had the umbilical cord. Um, we had our main store and, you know, we were bringing dough down in a van and this, that, and the other and keep an eye on things. And um, so then Oklahoma city being further away, um, you know, I, I think once uh, once we had started feeling like we had a, a, a team and, and we had some actually two people um, that had worked for us since we had been open uh, expressed that they'd be interested in relocating. Um, and these were good, solid people. So uh, once I had a couple of guys telling me they wanted to go, they wanted to run it, I'm like, it became much easier to start to consider the possibility. Um, and so now, so I have, um, I have, a uh, one guy managing it and then a second guy, um, who's just kind of his right hand man and, and they get the whole operation going and I trust these guys and, uh, and we talk, you know, I, I try to get down there every month or two. Um, but you know, I, I spent a month there, uh, just doing the, a lot of the hiring and the training Yeah, in the beginning. Yeah, in the beginning, and and that I I just decided I was going to stay as long as I needed to, um, until I really felt like, and I think that's one of my strengths, you know, hiring the right people, finding the right people, um, just the criteria to, you know, it, you don't, I'm not necessarily looking for somebody with tons of pizza making experience, but, gosh, if you can find the right person and uh, and the right team, and, and then then you're solid as far as I'm concerned. You teach them the way to do things, they'll do it and with positive attitude. So, and, and that's what we have down in Oklahoma city and it's really doing well. Wow. What's the, so what do you look for in a person to join your team? Like what personality traits or are there certain questions that you ask them in order to figure that out? Um, not, not so much. I mean, I, I really do just wing it with, with, interviews. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, usually the, the questions that pop in my head in the moment, um, I, I would never thought of if I had been preparing in advance. So, um, I, I do prepare, I tend to prepare, but I let the conversations go. Um, kind of like this yeah. podcast with me. 
Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I kept, I've made some notes and I said, screw it. We'll just, I'll jump in. Um, but yeah, with, with people, I don't know. It's, it's kind of an interesting thing. I just, uh, you know, I, I think my brother's the same way, you know, we just, we're really big on giving people a chance. Um, people that just express like, you know, a desire to learn, uh, you know, somewhat teachable, um, you know, and those kind of qualities. And honestly, it's not a perfect science. I guess I've been really lucky with having the right team around uh, up till now. <laughs> like the top management, you mean? Uh, from the top to the bottom, honestly. Um, but yeah, with the top management, I've been extremely lucky. I mean, that's the only reason why things are, are all working. Because I hear, I always hear from people that they're having a hard time finding people, or they can't find people. So it's it's not surprising, but I'm I'm hearing from you like it's not as challenging for you as it is for most. Well, I mean, I just think you gotta, you know, I, I think you gotta find good people, <laughs> you know, people with character, um, you know, people that are are nice and and treat other people right. Yeah. I mean, I think you if you're looking for good people, people with integrity. Um, then the rest is going to fall into place, you know? Uh, but yeah, I just, I, I meet people that are not nice. They're not friendly. You know, I, I would, I would never want to work with them. Um, they're almost unbearable. And I'm like, you know, don't hire people like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, you know, we really try to treat our people good. Um, you know, I've got, you know, so that's good. We have like longstanding relationships with people. We have people that come, they're in college, they'll work for us for a little bit, they'll leave, but then they'll come back. But, you know, just trying to treat people good, um, you know, just caring about people, um, caring about their lives, you know, helping them out if they need anything. Um, I've really found it's it's been like a, a big brother role, so much of it. You know, people have problems, they have issues and, you know, their whole, their life isn't their job, you know? Yeah. You have to realize people, they come into work and they got they're dealing with a lot of stuff so i think sometimes if you're just available um you get loyalty that you'd never get another way yeah and i think you said something there too like you have to look for having conversations with people is a great way to find how someone will act in certain situations and yes you can have all the right questions but even like this podcast like i don't prepare for to have a conversation with somebody and i find that the less that I prepare, and I don't mean by like equipment or the audio, but like the less I ask you in the beginning, the better the conversation's going to be because I'm not steering it in any specific way and it just goes where it goes and I ask questions and follow up that I may even not have asked if I knew the answer already. And I think you can right. correlate that to the same thing when you have conversations with people, whether it be for a job or anything and just be curious and ask them conversations and ask them questions that you don't have scripted because then you don't know what's going to come out. And then you'd be maybe surprised or pleasantly or uh, not so pleasantly. Yeah. Surprised either way. Right. <laughs> so you, I feel like it sounds like that's what you're doing when you talk to these people, you're just having conversations with them. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, that's interesting because th the number one question we get asked all the time is, how do I find good people? And I, I don't have the answer for that. And if someone tells you they, they, they know how to make pizza because that matters too, you know, yeah. especially you need experience, especially for a new thing. I'm like, I need at least two people who can hold it down. Right. You can't have everybody be trained to make a pizza. 
but you, you can never believe anybody, you know? So I've, I've gotten better at asking the right questions to find out if, you know, this person, you know, I worked three months here, three months there. So that was important. I think for a brand new thing, um, is, is definitely gauging if this person actually knows how to, you know, jump in there and, and do the work. Right. Um, and then there's people though, I'm telling you, some of the people that have become the best pizza makers are people that never did it. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they only learn from you, right? Yeah. I mean, for the most part, but, uh, at least this is how I did it with this, uh, Oklahoma city deal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I found that too. When I was operating, like the best pizza makers we had were the ones that came to us as like a teenager and they were just a kid who was ambitious and wanted to work and wanted to learn. And we trained them how to do it from the ground up for us. Right. And they didn't have any bad habits or they didn't have anything that they were thought they were better at than somebody else. There was nothing with it. They just, they knew they didn't know anything and they just wanted to learn. Right. Yeah. So maybe that's the secret. Definitely part of it. <laughs> Not the whole thing. Nobody really knows the whole secret, I guess. Um, so what, so when it comes to this place in Oklahoma, how, how often are you going down there? Uh, you know, I'm, I don't have any set schedule with it. Um, there's these, I think, bi-monthly meetings, you know, um, for all the tenants in each of the kitchens. So because, you know, it's basically we're renting the space from Parlor. So I'll get down there for those meetings um, and then just kind of be available if anything's going on, you know, have a meeting with the managers. And, uh, you know, nowadays it's so easy to talk to people, but nothing like being there. Um, and so, yeah, I was just there last week and that was cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything's, it's, it's, it's doing good so far, you know, first four months. So, um, yeah. So in being in the places like that, like the parlor, do they help you with the marketing and get the word out there? Or how do you get the word out, especially if you're entering a new market? Yeah, parlor, um, we, we rely heavily on them um, because people aren't, you know, it's interesting. People are, they're, they're coming to parlor for that food hall experience. <clears throat> and then, so there's just that, you know, you have people coming out because it's cool and they're hearing about it. But then the secret is, and, and this is what we've kind of seen with the Kansas City deal, is if you can, if you can create your own little following within Parlor, uh, because people love the pizza um, here in Kansas City. One of the one of the concepts is a, a Nashville hot chicken deal. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, and and there's just people that come to Parlor just for the chicken, you know, and you know they're they're just they're making a beeline for that chicken. Um, so if you can do that, then you can kind of, you can benefit from the guests coming in from just for the, the food hall experience. And then if you can start to build a name for yourself within that, it's, it's even better. So that's probably helpful, especially entering a new market where no one knows you really. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, so with the Detroit style pizza, um, there's not a single place in Oklahoma city doing it. Um, and, and the same thing with Kansas city. Um, and, and that's, the Detroit style pizza, especially down there, is just creating a. It's definitely making some waves, that's for sure. Um, and that's been really awesome. Um, and then there's a whole story with that too, as far as just kind of me becoming intrigued by it. And, and yeah, where where did you first learn, like get into Detroit style pizza? Um, yeah, I I, uh, I tried it once. Um, I. Where did I try it? I don't remember. Um, where the heck did I try it? Anyway. I, I love Detroit style pizza. 
Yeah, you know, so I I had it and and my brother had tried it too and he was talking about it. And uh and so yeah, I I don't man, I'm blanking here, but um I just thought it would be cool to try something different. And that was kind of the idea with they were encouraging us at the at parlor to kind of venture out, test out something different. Um and so I figured we'd give it a try and uh so I learned a little bit. I actually, uh, I did a, a one day class up in uh, Chicago um, just to learn some of the ins and outs, kind of learn about the pans and different things. Yeah. But I didn't know how it would do. So we were doing, you know, the Detroit style and our New York style down at the food halls and, and people just were going crazy for it. So it's kind of now something we do. Now are you going to bring that into your original location? I think so. people have been asking. So I think that's definitely on the horizon. Yeah, it's it's there's something about Detroit style pizza, like the cheesiness and the crispiness of the dough and the airy dough. It just it's different than regular pizza, but I love it. It's something that I've been searching for. There's actually a place uh, pretty close to me that just opened about a year ago that does a really good Detroit style pizza, which is probably one of the first ones in my area, at least doing a good Detroit style pizza because people can throw the label Detroit style pizza on on it, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean it is good. Right. Or done the way it should be done. But I think there, there's a lot to be said about um, stepping into a new market, you know, with uh, something that's innovative, even though it's not new, you know, and, and it's, it's trending. But, you know, you, it's just it's that whole balance of wanting to be original and and needing to do what's what's going to what's going to help your business, you know. Yeah. And. And that's a great example for me where I knew we could keep our same standard of quality um, and do something that, that people are getting excited about um, and then get them in the door. That's great. What are you doing to get for the original location? Like what kind of marketing do you do that or see that you see the most help from? You know, the, our original location has become one of the bigger uh, enigmas to me right now as far as what to do next for marketing. We've really established something there in the in the it's South Kansas City. It's a town called Grandview. Um, it's a lot of traffic. We have a really good lunch crowd, but um, you know it's been we're on to going on to year six, um, and it's been it's been every year's been growth a little better, but now it's kind of like well, what do we do next? Right. Um, and you know um, how do we get our you know, our regulars and our existing uh, customer base, how do we get them excited? Do we, we, do we add delivery? Do we add a third? We've never done delivery here. Um, you know, it's the winter months it's slowing down a little bit. Do we add delivery? If so, do we do a third party or do we do it ourselves? And, and, you know, all these questions, you know, we've, the demographics interesting there too. You know, we've, we've, we've experimented with like, uh, like, not an every door direct mail, but like uh, through a local newspaper, something going door to door. And like, I didn't expect it to do much. And, you know, people were coming in with coupons. So I'm like, okay, that's what we have here. You know, a little bit older uh, population. What style restaurant is it? Is it sit down with waitresses or is it takeout? It's a wait staff, I should say. No wait staff. Yeah. It's order up at the counter, sit down and eat. Um, It's probably, it's a pretty even split dine in and carry out. Okay. So, um, but we do, our lunch is great. Um, we get a line most days for slices and that's, that's fantastic. You know, um, 
a lot of local businesses and companies around ordering, you know, 10, 20 pizzas or whatever, five, 10, 15, 20. And so it's steady. It's great. I'm really grateful for it, for it. You know, it's, it's, it's hard because with the delivery thing, it's a lot. I think a lot of businesses would like to not have, like, it's funny because the businesses who deliver and have their own delivery drivers would probably rather not have to do it. And the (laughs) ones that don't are intrigued by the extra business of if they add a delivery. So it's like that double-edged sword. Like if you can get by with your business and not have to deliver, it's a huge headache you don't have to deal with. Yeah, it's just something that's always kind of hanging out there. Like, is it fruit you want to pick? You yeah, because <laughs> like dealing with delivery drivers, trust me, when we did it, we had like 20 delivery drivers on a Friday night. And it was a nightmare. It was great because it was busy. Um, but dealing with that many delivery drivers, and this was a while ago, I couldn't even imagine doing it now with with the the employee pool that you have to work with and like how on-demand jobs are now like uber wasn't a thing when we were doing deliveries right um it's just so different i don't know if i would want to do that again if i had to do it all over today so you mean you would just prefer to not do it at all have no no delivery in place is that what you're saying yeah our business was 80 percent delivery so we didn't have a choice but if i was to start a place and i had a business that was running and it was doing well without delivery where people would come to me and get it, I would never add delivery. Gotcha. <laughs> it's just not something, because I just wouldn't want to deal with, I know what the whole delivery driver thing has to deal with and I know that you can make good money with and people want it delivered. It's just not something that I personally would do. Yeah. If I could get away with it. Right, right, right. Much rather have people come to me. Yeah. But that's where the third party thing comes in, though, right? Because that whole third party takes that whole aspect away from you. You don't yeah. have to deal with the drivers. You don't have to deal with the scheduling. You just it's on demand. If you have a delivery come up, they come in and get it. Yeah. So that's that's something that everybody has to figure out if it's right for them and if it right, makes right. sense financially. Yeah. So you know, at this store, our our main store, you know, people respond a lot to um, what we do da- different daily specials. People respond to that kind of stuff. Um, honestly, you know, our, our social media, it's, it's nowhere near, it's not firing on all cylinders by any, any stretch, but the little we do goes a long way. So that's been another one where I'm like, man, we could be doing so much more. And it's amazing to me. I I really do feel like we don't have tons and tons of followers or anything, but we have a really loyal, uh, base. I feel like there's people, our, our customers seem to think we're like the best thing ever. So, and, and I love that. So they really, they're, our, our people are really responsive. Um, and, and maybe, you know, I think kind of, how do we get more people in the door? I remember, you know, th- there's whatever, 35, 30,000 people in, in the city of Grandview. And, and, you know, you just got to wonder, you know, who's, who's never been here, you know, right. how do you get in? So always yeah. those kinds of questions. And uh, yeah, I'm looking at your Instagram right now. I think you, you do a good job of taking photos and the follower count, the amount of followers, doesn't matter. Yes, you want, like, I think people get confused. You want to get in front of as many potential customers as you possibly can, however many number that is. But they get obsessed with the amount of followers versus are they followers in my area? Like, would you, if I said to you, you could have 2,000 people's attention who live in your town or 10,000 people's attention who live in the country, you would pick the 2,000 every time. Yeah. But people are obsessed with the 10,000 and get eyeballs out. Like I know for a fact, I'm, a, I'm not going to call anybody out. But there are four or five prominent people in the pizza industry that I know of that are completely faking 
engagement, and follower growth. So you mean faking how? Like the the there if you if you look at them from the outside looking in, you're like, oh wow, they have a huge following. It's very engaged and very. That's great. I want. I would love to do that for my business, but it's all fake and bought in like bots in okay. fake engagement. And if you go look at the accounts, they're all like non-existing accounts and they just do it for vanity metrics versus what you're doing, which is you're trying to engage the local people in your community who are, who are going to be, or could be potential customers. Yeah. And, and, and so, right. And I don't know, like I see, you see somebody out there with, with however many tens of thousands of followers, if you, if you show up at their restaurant, I don't know what you're going to find, you know, and, yeah. and ultimately for me, you know, that's, you know, that's what it's all about um, is, is engagement, but getting people in the door, you know, cause um, I think, you know, first couple of years, you, you know, we're, we're busy, busy, busy. And, and, you know, we're still busy, but as you just start to look at the big picture, you, you know, you just got to drive sales and find ways to do it. Yeah. You um, want to get, like you said, you want to get in front of people who live in your area. Yeah. If it's just one or two people at a time. Yeah. Because everybody, you know, you, you, it's a ton of work to run one of these things. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's like, you just want, you want it to, to be profitable in addition to all the other, you know, ways you get satisfaction out of it. You, you, you want to be able to, to, you know, dot that I as well. Yeah. Like it, no, I don't care what, if you, you could love what you do all day long, but if you're not making profit, it's not going to be that fun. Right. <laughs> But then it's just a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. So where can people go check you out if they want to check you out on Instagram or on your website or if they're in your area, where are you located? Yeah, if they're, uh, you know, so if, if we, our website's ProvidencePizza.com, our Instagram's Providence Pizza. Um, if you're in the Kansas City area, which, you know, um, we'll see what happens with, with the Chiefs the rest of this football season. I know. Uh, you guys killed us. We're, we're in New England. We're not doing, we didn't do too good this year. <laughs> well, I, I still uh, I still wear my blue, so you know nowadays I'm just kind of gonna sit back and enjoy the rest of the season, <laughs> right? In a detached way, but um, yeah, you know, so Kansas City, we're right South Kansas City in Grandview, and then in our the downtown area is the, the Parlor Food Hall, and then Oklahoma City has the same thing, Parlor, and so you, we've got three spots going right now. And we'll link all that up in the show notes, so we'll link your uh, website. You can find the directions and contact to Instagram or Facebook if you guys want to go check them out over there. Um, Luke, it was awesome talking to you, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. You're welcome. All right, well, thanks to Luke for joining us on the podcast. Go check him out. We linked up all the show notes for you, everything we talked about on this episode over at smartpizzamarketing.com. Just go type in Providence Pizza into the search bar, and it'll pop up for you to uh, see what Luke's up to over there and go follow their journey. Or maybe even you want to say hello or ask him a question. Go do that over there. You can reach me on social media, on Instagram, at the Bruce Irving, and also at Smart Pizza Marketing. Also on Facebook, you can follow us along, Smart Pizza Marketing on Facebook. And on TikTok, I am at the Bruce Irving. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, special guests happening coming up in the near future. We have Anthony Falco joining the show again. We have Richard DeSantis from Peace, Love, and Pizza, who has six locations coming up on the podcast. So, so many great episodes we have launching for you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. And if you are heading to this year's Pizza Expo, let me know. I'm really going to be starting to do 
more interviews. Well, I'm going to be doing interviews at the Forza Forney booth at this year's show in Las Vegas. So if you want to stop by and say hello, or maybe we'll do some sort of SPM show meetup where everybody can kind of hang out and just talk and see what's happening with all of the community here for the SPM podcast. But you go find that all that information on our social, on Instagram and on Facebook. Like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, if you want some help with your marketing, we can help you in a few different ways. Smart Pizza Marketing Mastermind, or we could do your marketing for you. SmartPizzaMarketing.com forward slash zip to see if your zip code is available because we only do work with one pizzeria per zip code. And then the Mastermind Group, you can find that information over on our website at Smart Pizza Marketing. Guys, I just want to say thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you listening for all of these years. We've been doing this podcast for a long time now. This is episode uh, 270 or something like that. So I appreciate you doing the, uh, hanging out with me for the past few years. And we look forward to all of 2020 and all of the fantastic podcast episodes and conversations we have coming at you. So guys, thank you so much. We'll see you on the next one.